All right, everybody. Welcome back. You're here. It's Daily DVR. It's me, Mr. Folo, and I've got my my main man, my partner in crime, my hedro life mate, Heath Solo, with me as well. You can check us out at DVRpodcast.com. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash DVR, like our newest patron, Mike. And you should go over to YouTube and check out one Mike, M-I-K-E, for his awesome reviews of so much. He's probably, he, he, I don't think he watches more TV than us solo, but he does, but I have to say he watches less crappy reality than I do. So he does, I think, cover more quality <laughs> because well, yeah. there, there you have it. Yeah. Axel. The, cra- the crappy reality kind of, I mean, every night, you know, I mean, last night, let's see, last night, my wife and I watched The Bachelor, and then we watched, um, what, an episode and a half of Below Deck Down Under um, with the hot captain. And so, but in the meanwhile, I think Mike watched like Justified and the new Soderbergh show on HBO. So he might be a little more premier than us there, buddy. Yeah, you know, well. <laughs> Let's 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 premiere than you. I, I I'm in the same league. Well, okay, no, you know that's what? true. Guilty, that's true. Guilty by association. That's cool. No, like I guess my reality TV. I, I'm a big baseball fan, so yeah, I watch yeah. a lot of baseball in the summer. So that's where you know I get my reality fix. Unless I'm working on the computer, my wife's home, and she's watching Match Me Abroad in 90 Day. The other way, ninety day fiance, and just by osmosis, I know about those shows. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. know the freaking. Oh man, but it, it, they can get addicting because I. Next thing you know, I'm shouting things. Oh, this ETCH <laughs> again, or this I idiot. Know, I know. You know. I get I get sucked into it, man. Like every time there's a new, like we just started watching um, the new Real Housewives of New York City. And when my wife and I originally got together, which was like what two thousand six, I think, yeah, that's we watched. You better know. Yeah, I think that yeah it was two thousand six. We uh, we watched The Bachelor, and then all the Housewives shows came out, and the Real Housewives of New York really kind of sucked us in, and they have right. thrown away the old cast completely and like rebooted the show, and I have to say they have done an absolutely amazing job of rebooting this show. They got five of the weirdest women. And that's what I love about it is a lot of times they go in these real housewife shows. I don't watch all of them. I watch Jersey. I watch New York. That's really, I really just really love Jersey. Is there another one that I watch? I think Atlanta, isn't there? No, Atlanta? Yeah, I'm not into Atlanta. I'm not into Beverly Hills. Oh, Utah. They did one in Salt Lake City. So that one was okay. We kind of dipped out a little bit on the last season because what happens is they they eventually they get women who are not really friends. They start fighting and that that manufactured drama like the whole season will be about that one woman didn't say thank you for the other woman paying for dinner and it's stupid and they just fight. But instead with this New York one, they kind of got the vibe of New York where they just went after weirdos. So they have these little arguments and then they forget about it and then they move on. It's just like in New York where you bump into someone on the corner. You're like, fuck you. They're like, fuck you. You stick up your middle finger and then you both start laughing. They're like, oh, where are you going? Yeah, I'm going over here. Hey, it's better to go over that way. They're doing construction. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, they just picked up the vibe. I feel vibe. like I'm being played here. <laughs> I sucked you into a reality TV you show. Me, you I? sucked me into a podcast. Let's do a podcast. And then you went dove right into re- reality okay, TV. That's all How I dare you? How dare you, sir? I know. But I'm sorry. I was gonna, I, I'll stop now. Well, no. It's funny that you say that because I'm, I'm going to dive into my Heath Solo reality minute. And then... We'll transfer over to the SAG strike, and I'll tell you a little secret that I might not have told. I probably told on a pod. But anyway, so one rule in my house I have, I say, if we're both home, because sometimes my my wife loves, you know, we have our 
her recorded shows and whatnot, but she'll throw on TLC or whatever and just watch, you know, live TV. She likes her live TV. Two shows that cannot be on while I'm home. One is that, like, my thousand pound sister or whatever the heck that crap is. That, and then that idiot guy in Utah with sister wives or something. Oh, God. Yes. Cody. I hate Cody. That dude. That dude is annoying. Yeah. Everyone's annoying. I'm like, I don't need this in my life. But my wife likes that show. Yeah. I just, I put on the headphones. If, if she has to, what I ask her, please. And she's the boss anyway. So it doesn't really matter what I say, but, uh, but the, the 90 day fiance stuff, Axel, I kind of, I kind of get a little sucked in uh, a bit. So I, I'm kind of, but you know, it is what it is. I do like special forces on Fox. We still got like four episodes to watch, but we, when we feel we need to motivate ourselves to work out, we'll throw one of those on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we stick with the reality, man. Sometimes actually it's probably me. My, my uh, Perry is like, can we watch something with a story? And I'll be like, okay, okay. But <laughs> I, I totally get sucked in, man. Cause it's like, you know, I, it's like me too. I love talking about gossip or something. It's just like fun. You know, it's like page six as a television show, but, um, let's transition into that strike solo because people are going to be seeing a lot more, um, woo, bless you or whatever. That was that our was. transition, our, our, our sneeze transition <laughs> to the strike. Gesundheit. Um, oh. we are now a hundred days into the writer's strike and what? two or three weeks into the actor strike. Hollywood is on strike. Everybody yeah. knows about it. We did record a little bit last week, but that podcast is lost to the ethos as we had to, had to take a little break. So we're back here to talk about it. And as some, but maybe not all people listening know solo is a SAG member. He is a working actor and he has a intimate perspective on what's happening. Of course, Spoiler alert, we support the actors and writers and what they're doing, and we hope that they are compensated properly and that uh, we don't get AI solo in five years. But Jeez, um, imagine that. We're going to get it on the Around the Couch <laughs> podcast for three weeks. <laughs> well, at least if we get it, you're properly compensated and you're allowed to tell them <laughs> yeah. what comes out of your mouth. That is true. You know, because AI is, is going to happen. That's something we'll both talk about. But what's your perspective, Solo? Well, uh, I got two really quick things. I, you know, I don't want to, as our friend Glenn would say, I don't want to beat a dead bantha, but, um, it really comes down to the way everything is changing. It's not just network TV and then reruns on syndication. Maybe, you know, a movie gets picked up. Of course it's on HBO or it's on lifetime or whatever with the way the industry has changed completely with streaming, the way people watch movies and TV on their phones, iPads, smart TVs, um, the compensation's not there. So you got your big businesses, I guess, you know, your Netflix, et cetera, that are making a ton and ton of money. And with this transition and this change, the writers, the actors aren't being compensated like they should. Because, it, and, 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 and it's not the... 3% that are making 20 million to write a picture that like I'm really worried about. I mean, sure. They're, they, they help drive up the price for writers just like in sports and whatnot, but it's the, the working actor who really or working writer who may not get the big bucks, but relies, but makes a you know decent living to do this as a profession. But the residuals is what really helps you able to, because sometimes, you know, you say you're writing on a show for five months and then you don't get another job until the new season comes, or you're an actor and you do a guest spot on law and order in October. Maybe then you do one on, you know, a TNT show, but like you get paid, you know, a good wage, but it's not like you're making say, you know, SAG scales, $1,100 a day. You're like, wow, that's a lot of money. Well, if you do a guest spot or a co-star and you're only working two days on a show, you'll get your two grand 
then minus taxes, minus commission to your agent, manager, et cetera. And then that's it. So you're not making a thousand dollars a day, 40 hours, you know, well, you may work a lot of hours in a two or three day span, but you're not doing it five days a week, like a regular job. So these residuals help. Prime example, I worked four days on snowfall. And for the last three to four years, I guess it's been now, you know, I get residual checks. Now they're at the point now where they're, you know, only like 50 bucks or whatever, but that came in handy where, you know, I, so it's kind of like you get all your residuals. You're like, okay, I worked two weeks on snowfall then, you know, let's say. So it, it, it's a lot for the little guy that these residuals on stream, cause everything's going to streaming. I'm shopping a film around now, my star city murders and predominantly domestically, it's going to be streaming probably. And so, you know, if my actors, their residuals won't be that much because if it's only streaming, you know, if it's not on TV or whatever, and it's a movie, it's a little different. Um, it's not going to theaters or whatever it may in some countries, but so it's really, and then of course the AI, uh, part of it where they could just use you watch the black mirror, Salma Hayek episode. <laughs> and, uh, you can understand why uh, they do a really good job, uh, with that. But so there's a lot of that going on. We have to get straightened out before we move forward, because if we don't, then it's just going to be the big corporations collecting all the money and the people who did all the work and, <laughs> you know, and the hard work aren't, aren't getting compensated. Uh, and, you know, you may get, say, a $100 residual check if it airs on FX a couple of times, but streaming, you may get a $3 check, you know, so it's the percentages, it's, it's having to deal with it right now before it gets out of hand. Cause uh, you know, as you know, Axel, it's cha- it has changed. Streaming is a, a predominant force. Now it's on FX, but stream on Hulu. And I bet you more people stream it on Hulu than watch it on FX. So, um, that, that's, that's part of it. I'm of course f- for it. And I got a lot of partners in crime and people I've worked with or friends with who are on the picket lines and, uh, you know, we just have to stand pat and, uh, you know, it's, it's something we have to do right now. I, I fully agree with everything you said solo. And I appreciate that perspective. I think, I I think that's a good perspective that's been pushed out there, which is for people to think about the everyday actor, right? Not Tom Cruise and Will Smith, right? Right. Um, and to also think about the business of acting where you're basically going in for an interview like every time, you know what I'm saying? Like it's constant like that, the pressure, how hard it is to maintain that, how most people have to have diff- another job, you know, I, I think, and just how basically in general, the actors and writers just want to be properly compensated and be able to have a seat at the table to talk about how AI is going to be used to talk about how many writers are in a writer room, writer's room, or, right. you know, so many things like that are important and people, I hope people are listening. It does get drowned out by the, you know, it's like, yeah, there's more worse things going on in the yeah. world in the Ukraine and stuff. And I get that, you know, it's, um, but it, you know, it can be like, okay. I mean, little things too, like with the actors, um, you know, now, before you used to get an audition, you would go into the casting office, get to meet the casting director, perform for them, and they get a sense of who you are. Now, because of the pandemic, all these self-tapes are happening where you record it at home and send it in. Now, that may be more convenient for the struggling actor who has to have a waitering job at night or bartending job that I did for 20 years. And if you can do it at home, that's great, but you also lose the... I mean, there's some roles that maybe I didn't audition great, but my personality got me a callback where I just connected with the casting director. We started talking and, 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 and they're like, Oh, I like this guy. You know, you're meeting them. You're not just meeting them through a recorded, a recording, you know? So that's another thing we're trying to get the, that stuff back where, you know, live in person, uh, you know, at least I don't mind the self tapes for the first round. Because then you start weeding it out. But then, you know, those callbacks where you're trying to get a job. And sometimes now actors can totally lose a job in the room. So it's, it's, uh, 
you know, give or take. I mean, some people, I'm sure a lot of actors find it more easier just to do it at home, but you have to do it pro- properly. You have to have a backdrop, a key light, a mic, yeah, services that yep. do it. Some Because we got, when we were doing Star City Murders, we got auditions, people were in their kitchen. You know, and I'm not going to lie. I've done those self-tapes before. When I, when I didn't get it, I just freaking recorded at home. Okay, no big deal. And didn't realize that you could hear the fridge in the background or, you know, stuff like that. So then I started going to a service that had a studio that would do it for me, uh, which is much better. And but, you, but um, then you're paying to have to do that. You're or, paying, yeah, yes. Or buy a backdrop or like you're saying, you have, yeah. It costs money. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's just like. COVID in many ways, so many people are happy that they're working from home, but then all these businesses are left with these buildings that they either bought or rented, right? And they can't get out of it. And now they're empty and it screwed them in this way. Actors are getting screwed because people were forced to do online zoom, uh, auditions. And now everyone's like, Hey, this is a lot easier, but it yeah. also affects the casting people, right? Because sure. they don't want that either. They want people in the room. And, and and having done casting in the past, and you've been a part of casting, of course, so on both sides, you know there's nothing like having the person in the room. Even though you're doing a camera test, right? You always have a camera running because some people right. look different. This is what they're going to, right? Oh, yeah. Headshot you, versus... Yes. What you look like now is very different yep. a lot. And But just having the person in the room, seeing how they take direction, seeing how they uh, hold themselves. Are they late? Are they early? Are they dressed properly? Do they look like they're prepared, right? Things like this are important. So That is such a great point, yeah. Axel, because back in the day when we were doing uh, casting for Ocean 7-Eleven, it wasn't a paid gig. It was a web series. But we're like... I'm glad we we had the in-person auditions because you really find out if a person, what their attitude, it's going to be kind of guerrilla filmmaking, whatever. You're not getting paid. Do we want to work with you? Are you How gung-ho are you with doing this? And we've had people that came in and goes, you know, already doing, how much does this pay? Wait, it's no pay. Uh, you know, and you're, okay, if it's okay, you don't have to audition if you don't want to, but it's good to know that, like their yeah, attitudes yeah. too. And you can see how someone's professional. I mean, the old myth, like the casting director, they can tell when you walk in a room, like just, it's true. When you walk into a room, nine times out of 10, they can tell you if this person's got it or not. I mean, granted, they could be a terrible actor and look good, but it's just something about the professionalism, the aura. Um, when we, we, we auditioned thousands of people, the people we casted, uh, Charlie and Amy Mata, uh, you know, Michelle Lukes, all the, they stood out. And then when we and then it was reconfirmed on the when we would zoom with them. Granted, it was a self tape, but they just we got to see that they're acting first. Then we go, okay, let's let's see their attitude. Let's see their uh, not attitude, but you know what I mean. Let's see their personality. Yeah. When we do talk to them, and it reconfirmed. So it was like the opposite. <laughs> and also, if you could take direction and whatnot, um, Giles used it as a tool because. A lot of times with auditions, say you have three lines, right? And you're auditioning for three lines, which is one of the hardest auditions to do. Sometimes actors act too big, more theater-esque, because they want to make it an impression. Yeah. But you're looking at, like Giles being the director, he was looking at through the frame how people came off. And he would tell some actors, you know, tone it down. You know, you know or because or, what you try to do in a room, try to overact doesn't come off well on the camera as you know so you know what i mean so it's finding that balance so for him as a director it worked um but for an actor's perspective it's tougher you know i think to self-tape yeah so and in essence the reason why we're talking about this is because um actors and writers just want to talk about this with the studios with the production companies these huge production companies who are thinking about a bottom line in Wall Street, and there's so much money going around, which like you were talking about streaming, and that it's it's the compensate, you know, trickle-down economics does not work. It doesn't trickle down. People have to, in solidarity, get together and force these rich motherfuckers to give up some of that cashola because in the end, all the people 
in the crews. They all, everybody wants to get back to work, but you can't get back to work if people aren't talking. And what the studios did right away is say, hey, we're not talking about this and we're not talking about AI and we'll do whatever we want to do, right? And I think the AI thing, which Andy and I talked a little bit about um, on the last, well, maybe a little more than a little on the last pod, is an interesting aspect too, because it's just wanting, it's going to happen, right? Like you can't ban a technology and AI does a lot more than just a fake solo, right? It can do so many other things. It can help with color correction. It can help with light shadows. It can help with dialogue. It can help with... Um, an interesting aspect uh, of where it actually can help an actor's performance is AI can be used to mimic lip movement and create basically f- like mouth movements that better mimic when additional voices or additional dialogue is recorded or when it's when uh, instead of subtitles, you're having someone do a dub right with ai mm-hmm. it can actually mimic learn what sounds the mouth how a mouth looks when making certain sounds and then change that in the film that's something that can actually help a performance right that's something that can help propel uh the passion of the actor or the person dubbing or whatever right so right, right. it's it's not it's it's so that's a limited way to look at it that AI is going to replace us because technology is going to happen. But unless we talk about it and unless production companies and studios are willing to say, okay, look, if we do do this, you're going to have a say in it. You're going to be able to tell us, Hey, I don't want, it's like the Salma Hayek black mirror thing. I don't want my character shitting in a church. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't want that. You can't make me do that. And then, but then they're like, now they want to scan background actors. And then what happens if when Brad Pitt was in the background of a movie so many years ago, and now the studio says, well, we own that movie. So we now own your likeness and we're going to make a digital version. And guess what? We're coming out with fight club part two. They could do. So that's the conversation that needs to happen is people have to kind of have their voice. And it's hard when you're dealing with these big corporations and billionaires that really don't give a fuck. Yeah, and one of the reasons why I don't like reality TV is because back way back, probably like 20 years ago or whatever, when we had a, a SAG strike, um, all these re- the reality TV came out because non-union actors, they use all non-union, so they that's what they do, and they pay them nothing, and this you know the networks and whatever were making a ton of money. And so any of these non-union, non-union reality shows can keep going because they're, they're, they're not SAG actors. They're non-union, probably crew. I'm not, you know, exactly sure with that, but, um, so they could pump out reality TV still. And, you know, and people love it so much, which I, I can't believe they, they do, but they do. It could replace a lot of great shows during this. So that, that's kind of where I'm very anti-reality TV a little bit because of that. Yeah, I, you know, I think there's a room for everything, but it's kind of, it's like when something is weaponized, right? Yeah. Um, So I don't, I think there's people working really hard on reality TV and I think that there's people who appear on it who are creating great characters that are memorable and that I've had many hours laughing and uh, now, actually, there's a call to unionize better reality stars, um, which there has been for quite some time. You know, they're talk about the worst treatment, dude. People on reality shows are treated like garbage. Like even on like The Bachelor, a lot of people. There's a great book. Um, oh God, it's I think it's called Bachelor Nation that um, I got my wife and I ended up reading it too. You know, when they do like the rose ceremony they will purposefully like not feed the people or over intoxicate them 
or make them sit there for like five hours just so they really look tired on TV or they, or they give a more dramatic performance, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about before film and TV when you're on a set and stuff and the lines get blurry, you know, they can get very blurry. So it's good to have some adults in the room who are like, no, this is, that's not right. Like you can't do, you know what I mean? It's like hundred percent. Yeah. Even when people take method too far or something in in that way in, in which they are hurting themselves, you know, it can, it can be the other way where it's forced upon them for a role. Right. But we hope that I actually saw something on Facebook or something. I think it was this morning that said that they, they may be starting to negotiate now. I didn't know which union it was or what was happening, Mm. but I saw something like that. So that's good if they can negotiate. I mean, in the end, you know what's going to happen solo. They're not going to budge that much and and people are going to have to get back to work. But at least it educates some people and, you know, you can hopefully make some little victories, you know? Yeah, we will see. Because once the fall happens, that's when it's really going to, start to show with shows not coming back and shows being delayed and you know so hopefully this will get resolved all right let's talk some shows or (laughs) movies or something for god's (laughs) sakes let's let's not be depressed about it Uh, for god's sake what the hell you know know. fool's gold axel did it to me again um you won't get fooled again, he said, but that's not and, true. And this is the way you're not going to get fooled. I'll say to you, Solo, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, we're going to do a, a Idris Elba double feature. First, I want to mention, you know, we're big Luther fans. Did you watch the Luther movie on Netflix, Fallen Sun? I did watch it. I freaking loved it. I loved it too, Solo. I, I, I think, did we talk about this? I think no, Andy No, we haven't because I just, okay. I, yeah, maybe you guys watched because I just watched it like last weekend. Yeah, yeah. Finally. Okay, but I'll ask it was you this. Totally... Oh, go, go ahead. Okay. Go, no, 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 go. I think you were going to say something that I was going to ask about is how would you compare it to the rest of the series? Totally different. Yep. Absolutely, totally different. It. It, you know, it's Luther, you get some, you know, former, you know, characters that we've seen, but it's not your, 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 your mom's Luther, uh, which I was for this movie. I was very happy with because I have, I just feel like the show itself kind of ran its course in a good way. Like it was, you know, it's not so many episodes. I believe there's like two seasons and three little seasons or so, you know, whatever, uh, I don't have it in front of me, uh, but they really went above and beyond in this one. It was a little more gruesome. <laughs> it was a little more uh, Jack Bauer-esque in a Luther way. Uh, it was very interesting. And I, but I was happy that it, it, it almost feels like you remember, I don't know if you remember that they were going to develop Luther for American TV, kind of, I guess, base it here. So I'm wondering if they kind of split the difference, kept the London and everything, but kind of maybe went a little more American uh, crime drama versus a Brit crime drama. They always want to do that shit, man. And then it just ends up as some procedural on ABC or NBC that we watch like three or four episodes of. And then it yeah, just I know. gets that's, bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why I'm glad you know? it was under the BBC and Netflix umbrella and they, I, I just, I, it's a great, it, it's really is. And you can watch it. Technically you can kind of watch it. If you've never seen the series before, there's some things of course, with the Luther character that, uh, come up that you might be like, if you've never seen Luther, you might be like, why, why is this happening? But you can kind of just watch it. But I, I, I enjoyed it, man. I really did. Uh, it, it really was a su- surprise. Cause me and my wife last weekend decided it was like four days or whatever. We decided just to chill out and catch up on things. So that was one of the uh, movies I had to put on. And actually, 
that oh no that wasn't even on the weekend my wife had to get up to go early for work and so i'm like well i'm gonna watch a movie you know you, know, you go to bed and i started watching luther and she couldn't move out of the seat she got so into it oh, so I, she stayed up late she got glued and paid for the- it the next day well, Idris is the kind of guy that can glue you to the TV, as we both know, because we are huge fans of the show now airing on Apple TV entitled Hijack. Oh, yeah, baby. Hijack. Love this show so much, man. Uh, now, how far into are you? Have you seen you haven't seen the finale either, right? I have, no, we're going to watch the finale tonight. Yeah, uh, we got caught up over the weekend. Um and I was hook, line, sinker right at the beginning, especially because the Idris Elba character isn't Jack Bauer. I was afraid he was going to be more Jack Bauer. And I still would have liked it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. And there's only one Jack Bauer. But if there's going to be a second Jack Bauer, Idris Elba's my choice. But it has a different spin on it. And it, it, it really does well with all the characters on the plane and down to, I mean, right off the bat with the pilot and the captain, what happens there yep. uh, when the hijack's taken, about to take place. And the, now, you know, and also they incorporate the off the plane stuff that's happening in London, different countries as they fly over the airspace. Because if you don't respond to Romania and there's a plane just flying, they're going to shoot you down. <laughs> That's just when you're heading for the capital, it's just going to happen. So they really do a great job at incorporating everything involved. And I really like the actors, the characters. Um, it just really, uh, I just great eclectic, a, a great collection of different actors. And, you know, some, you, you know, you recognize from British shows or different things, oh, yeah. but for the most part, you know, you do get a lot of that. Um, but I, there's a lot of people I haven't seen. Well, it's funny because the guy who plays uh, in the London office, not the Secretary of State, whatever, the guy that comes in that's fighting with the, the blonde lady. <laughs> um, like, anyway, that character, He, I, I just started watching Paranoid uh, British Detective Series. And he's he's one of the he's like the head of lead of detective or whatever or the boss. So I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, you so rec- a lot yeah, of that. definitely. You, it's a great collection of British actors and actresses that you've seen somewhere before, but the star is, remains Idris. And like you said, one of the things I really liked about this show is that he's not some. It's I wasn't sure. I thought he was like secretly going to be, you know, like a green beret or whatever, you know, MI six or whatever, but no, he's just kind of like a negotiator guy and he's been successful at it and he just knows how to talk to people. He's not a superhero. And in the show, he makes mistakes. He does things that he then second guesses. He just does things impulsively, but man, this is really Idris at his best. They just let him act you know, when he gets kind of quiet and explains something to someone, right? Like, I'm going to go over there and then you do this. And then we're, and you're like, yeah, baby, tell me what to do, Idris. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's just a, he's great. I actually like him better in this role than I do in Luther. Luther, I always felt, I, I, I think he's better when he's, um, uh, how do I describe it? when he's less depressive, like he is kind of in Luther, right? Not kind of like he's well, yeah, a lot. got a ton of, yeah, a ton of flaws in Luther. Yeah. That's part of the problem. But when he's charming and fun, but also, you know, the hero, I think I, I like him right. a little bit better when he has that little twinkle. And in this show, he uses that charm a lot right to talk to this person or that person and the way he can turn it on man you could just imagine in real life that this dude just gets whatever the fuck he wants whenever he wants it like he just dude, he can have whatever i want other than my wife you can have whatever you want <laughs> we walk in and be like solo come with me and you'll be like come, come with okay, me mate we're, we're out man okay, where right, are we brother, going where do, you just, where do you want me to jump i got toast in the fucking toaster but i'm leaving it baby we're, we're what are we doing <laughs> 
Um, and you're right. I don't think they spend too much time on the B stories. I think they move along quickly. They actually have a purpose that's kind of interesting, right? Um, overall, I think this is a total success. It's only seven episodes, which yeah. I think is pretty awesome. It was created and directed by a guy I um, recognize his name, Mo Ali. And now I'm looking at what else did he do? I, I don't know how I knew his name, but he did a movie called he, he either he, he either won an Oscar or won the boxing welterweight champion, heavyweight champion. Oh, maybe it's because I heard of this show Cobra that was on Sky, but he hasn't done too much stuff. And there's another. Oh, this is excellent. Let's see. And the other create the other director. These guys are kind of young. Oh, did Criminal. There we go. Oh, Crimin Criminal UK? Yep. Did the, Criminal all, UK. All of, did he do... UK. Now, do you know if if they had a different like showrunner for each one or they just did for each country? No. He, Was it more... Oh, the yes. They did. They caught... They, what I, I read an article about it where they consulted, but they really left it up to the other people. Oh, okay. Like, okay. There was a there was like a Bible created that we're only going to do certain things in this show, you know, with like the show Bibles. Oh, I and, love that. And they I love followed the that. UK. But he created uh, Criminal. And, and oh, that makes total oh, sense because okay. it's of the. And if you haven't seen Criminal on Netflix, all the versions, that is fucking awesome. That's something that did totally never got enough press. But now no, the criminal UK, I haven't watched the other ones to be honest. We watched have them you? all. Have yeah. you? We watched. Oh, all of are them. they that? Okay. I'm, I might have to get back into it then. Yep. Cause criminal UK. I freaking love that. It was like right up my freaking alley. Like it was like perfect for me. I freaking love that show. Um, and the only reason never made my top tens each year because I saw it too late <laughs> the following year you know or whatever um but it but it yeah it's fantastic please if you guys need a good interrogation drama it, it, i highly we highly recommend it super recommend and that and definitely that same quality transfers over to hijack that same 100%. level of restraint and which sometimes can be annoying right on a show like this which it's it's because it's so high concept the plane gets hijacked but i i think that if the way they go about things is it reaches like kind of a crescendo but then it kind of eases off and then it re, right like it's a really good slow burn that keeps you interested i can't say that i've been bored by anything in hijack at all not one bit, even down to the water bottle thing, uh, you know, well, not the, you know, the, the, uh, paper bottle where they're passing it around, <laughs> like down to that. I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's great. Yeah. And then, you know, you will in the penultimate episode, there is a twist that really is going to set up the finale that was done perfectly done. Absolutely. Perfectly. Yep. I know it, baby. What else you got, Solo? Oh, I got a lot of stuff, but, you know, a lot of quick. So uh, have you watched the Guy Ritchie film Operation Fortune with Jason Statham and Aubrey Plaza, Josh Hartnett? No, I have not. Ah, well, it's one of Guy Ritchie's latest movies. Uh, he basically, he has like a team that works for the British government. And they have to go and uh, Hugh Grant plays like the big bad. And they're kind of like on a mission to, uh, <laughs> I don't want to give it away, but they basically have to do like different con work or whatever to get a certain item, a, a, a suit, a case that has something valuable in it. Uh, but there's also this other team that's on their tail that they've worked with before, kind of a rival team. So they're fighting against them and trying to pull this heist, if you will. And But in order to get to Hugh Grant's uh, compound, he's having like an auction, uh, you have to get a certain invite. They convince Josh Hartnett, who plays an action superstar, 
uh, uh, actor to, to, to come with them, you know, and they, they have to convince them because the Hugh Grant character is in love. Why with- didn't I see this? This I'm looking at this right now. Why didn't I? This looks so fun. This is like well, fun guy. Richie. It's super fun. Uh, on Prime Day, they had it for a dollar ninety nine to rent. So uh, I don't think it's streaming like free anywhere yet. Uh, but it's Prime Guy Ritchie. It, it's I'm a huge oh, okay. Guy Ritchie fan. Uh, oh, and thank this you is for bringing this up, Solo, because yeah, Perry's gonna love this too. This is like okay, a fun, it's a more, fun action comedy type thing. Aubrey Plaza, I freaking love her so much. She's just great. I'm glad she's blowing up. She's just she, she's really really good. Um, and, uh, it, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. It's got the twists and turns and like a guy, Richie film has, it, it, it's awesome. And that's all I'll say. Cause I want you to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Definitely. Cool. Um, it still might even be cheap, like three ninety nine or something. Operation on Fortune. Amazon or whatever. Yeah. When did this, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, Operation it came out Fortune, this year. Rue de Guerre. Yeah, <laughs> I've been calling it Operation Misfortune, and uh, what a ca- yeah, because oh man, I Aubrey. Pl- let me tell you, one of my absolute favorite movies of uh, two thousand. Um, well, let's see when it came out. Two thousand twenty-two. Uh-huh. It did was Emily the Criminal last year. Oh that, yeah, that Emily movie the Criminal was awesome. Rocks, dude. I love that movie. And and I read up on how they made that movie, the budget they had, and it it's really like it was it was pretty inspiring, man. And the fact that it just shows she's really something else. I remember listening to her um on uh Mark Marin back in the day that she had a uh a brain aneurysm on a subway train. In Manhattan, Jesus. she was like riding in the subway in Brook, going to Brook, her friend's house in Brooklyn, and she just started like having crazy thoughts and couldn't like really focus. And then she got to her friend's house and she was just speaking gibberish, like oh, you know, Jesus. like milk bottle glass yesterday black white, you know, like just saying weird shit. And they took her to the hospital and she had a brain aneurysm and. I think that's why she's a little stilted. Like she said that how she could come off very like her face just like looks like just hanging there. But hmm. um, she was also, I mean, I was really blown away by her in White Lotus. Oh yeah, that's where it. I've always liked her. I mean, I didn't really watch Parks and Rec, but you know, I know her story. The I guess YouTube star kind of thing. It's where she got her start or something, and then you know. Of course, Parks and Rec, but in White Lotus, she blew me away in White Lotus, and then and then I saw Emily the Criminal, and then next thing you know, I'm like, all right, I'm on the Aubrey Plaza train officially. Um, she's fantastic. So, so watch it, Axel. You guys will like it. It's a good movie. Oh, it's oh, fun. that's on the list, one hundred percent. So, did you? I think Ando is a big fan of this. Uh, have you watched Poker Face on Peacock with Natasha Leon? I did. And then um, Peacock was, we were kind of watching it. We enjoyed it. I think I might have liked it a little bit more than my wife or maybe she, I don't know. We just, it is very episodic and I, I, we just did, we didn't finish it though. We really did enjoy it. And I love the kind of throwback feeling of it. For some reason, I think we have like an episode or two left. Just one of those things that kind of passed by. I don't know why. We should finish it. Yeah. I didn't watch it because I didn't have Peacock. And then I threw a friend. Got it. And so I was like, oh, let's check out Poker Face the other night. And, I, you know, I don't know much about Natasha. I didn't watch Orange is the New Black. I don't remember the American Pie movie so much. Uh, I know she's married to Fred Armisen and different things. And I think she made a uh, appearance in the Knives Out glass one, like a cameo. So, and of course, Ryan Johnson, love Brick, love Looper, love hit when he does those Brothers Bloom movies like that, Knives Out. And so I was like, let's try it. 
and 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 all I can remember in the trailer is, you know, when when the lady says maybe she try gambling, and she's like, nah, and I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. But then when you watch it in context, everything you're like, wait a minute. So it's she's kind of like a Columbo, but she's not a cop. Uh, but I freaking love it. It's something different. I think she's fantastic, and I love my boy Benjamin Bratt is back for you know. He's in the series. Um, the only thing is, it's become almost like a joke. Like, where is she going to wind up this week? <laughs> like, you kind of usually, they'll show you, like, the murder or something happening. And then they'll go back in time. And then she's, like, planted into that world yes, wherever she because yep. she's on the run. And at first, I was like, oh, this is funny. And then it's, like, every week, it's like she's popping up as a you know, a housekeeper or, you know, a roadie or selling merch, you know? So that I was kind of like, that seems cheesy, but yet it kind of fits what they're doing. Uh, but as far as the direction and the details, I love it because there's certain things like, Ooh, that train going by, that's going to be relevant when she's figuring it out. And of course she's got this great bullshit detector is why she, you know, played poker and was winning and winning and ended up getting banned because she just has this thing where people, she knows when people are bullshit in it and she'll say bullshit, you know? So that's, that's the interesting part of it. And so I thought the pilot was really good. I, I really have enjoyed this series. It's really fun. Uh, I'm not going to say it's fabulous, but I think it's damn good. I really like it. So we got about three episodes left. We've kind of been cruising through them. Uh, so, but I, I, this was a nice surprise poker face. I really enjoy it. And I, I'm on the, I'm on the Natasha Leone train. now. I think she's fantastic. There's one episode and it's of course, it's got Judith light and S Apatha Merkinson from law and order. Yep. And she's hanging out in this old woman facility and she's got the old sweater on the glasses with the chain, like little things like that, that this show does these freaking details. I love, and it just, and that's Ryan Johnson. Uh, and his, you know, he's not directing everyone, but, and everyone else. I mean, the, the attention to detail, I love shows like that. And it's just those, it's just, I'm really enjoying this show, Axel, and it it may make my top 10 this year. Nice. Yeah. I, we got to get back into it. One of the turnoffs for me was that we were watching it with commercials on Peacock Uh, and it was, the commercials were fucking mind numbing. Uh, I'm just thinking about it. It makes me my mind uh, It's like the same fucking, they would like repeat the same one and ugh. So we, I think now I was thinking about it as you were talking, it was just kind of coming back to me. And I remember the episode when she's at a gas station, no spoilers, but uh, I remember in particular episode. the thing glitched and it kept on showing the same fucking commercial again and again and again. I think it was oh, one no. of these like TikTok commercials now that you see sometimes on streaming services where the woman is like, I got my, I got this from rock Tukin or whatever the fuck it is, you know? Oh God. Uh, so yeah, that got, Oh yeah. Luckily I didn't have the commercials, but for some reason, this is the one streaming service Peacock that seems to buffer a lot for me. Everything else seems to work fine. This one, I don't know. Maybe it was just cause it was Saturday night or whatever, but it was, it was, or maybe someone else was watching was in the app. I don't know how that works, but, uh, that was, that was annoying, but that's probably my internet, but no, it's, it's that, that gas station episode. That's the one that really was like, ah, that was a really good one. I mean, they're all, they're all been great. The ribs one with the brothers. That was an, that was an interesting yes. one. Okay. We saw that one. Uh, yeah. the race car. Maybe uh, we Tim saw Blake more Nelson. than I. Maybe we saw that more. Yeah, I saw that one too. Maybe I saw. Okay, well, more than we, I we watched like six or seven. I think. I think there's about. I forget how many. Um, and then there's the Rock, the what with Chloe seven seven yay. I saw that one too. Yeah. So maybe we only have a couple uh, left. 
Yeah, you probably only have a few left. Because um, I think we have like three left. I think the racing one's the last one we just watched. Okay. Um, and they did release that week to week, didn't they? I, I believe I, so. So I think that may be one of the reasons why. And also, mm. we lost um, Peacock. We used to get it with commercials for free through Xfinity. But then I tried to sign back in. And I, I honestly, even I don't understand now if I have to pay... I, I keep on wanting to call Xfinity and be like, yo, shouldn't I get this for free or what? Yeah. Um, you know, you know, what's funny. So I don't know if I mentioned, so I don't, my smart TV, I have a Samsung doesn't have the Paramount plus app. So I ha I was getting it through Apple TV, but then all of a sudden it said, we can't play in your region. It just stopped working like a couple months in. And I called, I was on the phone with them for like two hours at Apple. They were trying to fix it, whatever. And so eventually I just canceled it and then I got it through prime and it works fine. So it was something on Apple's end. And I just was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. like I'm in, I'm in the United States. What are you in my region? I mean, I couldn't play anything. Nothing would play. So there was something wrong in it. So th that was kind of the, the one streaming thing that I was pretty uh, upset about. Uh, so I just go through Amazon. It seems to work fine now. So, um, And uh, Crowded Room ended on Apple+. Plus. Ah, Plus. Tom Holland is no longer a part of your life, Solo, huh? I know. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. I'm still not s completely sold on it. Perry is, I think, three episodes in, and she says she's li she likes it. So I don't. When know you get to episode to four or five, four or five, four or five is where it really, um, after a big reveal of something in the past, the show just takes a different trajectory and is fantastic. And how they deal with it and how they deal, it, it really is worth it. But, yeah, I mean, if you're not into it, you're not into it. But I just think, and the performer, I mean, Tom Holland, whew, this dude hit it out of the park. I think he's in, like, an institution for, for or like just getting mental help because the, the, the role really took a toll on him. Yeah. So he's, like, taking a break from acting and getting some, which you can understand through this 100% why. I mean, this is... Wow, this is Daniel Day Lewis type stuff. I think that type of intensity uh, just uh, rocked it out of the park. Uh, so I remember you texted me months ago, like you got to watch Inside Man on Netflix. Stephen Moffat. It's a four episode show with Stanley Tucci. Yep. Amongst others, watched it. You know, in a I want to say Dave Dave Broadband. No, what's his name? Dave Tennant. Dave Tennant. Right. So at first I was like, oh, this is interesting. Then I was kind of like, <laughs> eh, eh. but I did like the finale and I okay. want more. Okay. All right. All but right. I just spoilers for inside man. So if you haven't watched inside man forward, Wait, no minutes. I don't know. Should we do? Cause I don't think that many people watched it. But okay, we'll do a little. Spoilers. All right, all right. You know what? I can do it, but I'll do it general. Okay. Gen okay. It's something that is the big thing about it. So, I mean, I know it's about what people can do at any given time under certain situations, how they can react, and I just don't understand why he was just, <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil anything. Why a certain character was protecting a certain character and just got, dig him, dug himself a hole because of that. And it just, it just, that bugged me. That was annoying to me. Thought it was well-written, well-directed. And I really did like the finale and, Stanley Tucci was fantastic. I mean, there are, the whole cast. I mean, there's a couple of uh, British actors that I kind of knew that just fucking hit it out of the park. Especially David Tennant's wife. I love the like Gillian Anderson meets Glenn Close British lady. Yeah, um, 
she was she was really good uh i don't know i had mixed feelings but it's funny because Renata watched just the finale when it was, I was just watching the finale. She watches, she goes, she loved it and wants to watch the other stuff. And I, but I love the, there's so many great moments in it that at first I was kind of like, okay, I see where this is going. And, but it was really, uh, I give it a solid B plus. Um, I thought it was really well done. I was starting to lose it. Maybe the, by the, by the middle of episode two, I'm like, do I want to finish watch it? And then three kind of picks it up. And then four, the last episode was great. So um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's funny because it was one thing where I'm glad I stuck with it because I was about to abandon it in the second episode. But then I'm glad I stuck with it because three and four are really good. Yeah. I like that it was only four episodes. I thought Tenet was great. I thought Stanley Tucci was great. Um. There were some plot points with the the uh, girl and that I was like, eh, I don't know, but it kept it moved fast. It was short, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I forget. Cool. It's. I'm glad you remind. I forget about these things because it's like something comes out. It's like four or six episodes. You watch it and then you forget. You know. Right. Right. I don't know if they're gonna do any more. Maybe something with just the Stanley Tucci character. You know what there I mean? There is a because of the little twisty thing at the end. There, I, I was reading online that it hasn't been official, but they left it there for a potential season two run of that particular storyline. From what I hear, not so much on the David Tennant characters, but with, like you said, with Tucci and that lady. That's all I'm going to say, that lady. That lady, yeah, you know that lady. Well, because there's stuff I want to say to you, but I, I'm not allowed. Not a, Solo's not allowed. All right, Solo, what else you got, buddy? Inside, oh, man. Okay. Uh, you know, me and my wife like to have a show where she gets home from work and maybe we've got a couple hours to just eat and kind of watch TV. But something simple something that's not too complex. Like yeah. perfect example. She came home from work last night. Hijack was available, but it was like, we want to save that for when we're tuned in. So we just, uh, you know, big bang theory. We're in like season 11 of that out of 12, I believe that's kind of the one to throw on a little Seinfeld. I've been watching yeah. from the beginning. Um, but I wanted to get like an hour show that we could watch that would be fun and so I had only watched the first season of this show and I don't remember a lot of it, but I've always wanted to finish it. It was a nice NBC show called Chuck. Oh, okay. A show I, I watched the first season of Chuck. And yeah. Then, I only watched the first season yeah. myself and then whatever happened, I think Miss Wendy uh, convinced me to watch it. I really enjoyed it, but I'm loving it more now. Uh, it's just, you know, Yvonne Strahovski, Adam Baldwin, Zach Levi, Joshua Gomez is bloody. I just love him to death. He's so stupid and funny, but I'm enjoying it. It's fun. You know, I forget, you know, I'm really, because before that we watched, my wife had never seen it and I had never finished it and never seen them. We did Firefly and Sir and watched the movie Serenity. Yeah. Which I had never gone back to. And then it was referenced on big bang theory and Nathan Fillion was on a, uh, an episode of Big Bang, and so she's like, "What's this Firefly?" And I'm like, "Oh, I got it." And I'm like, "I think I've only watched a few episodes." Let's. Uh, so that was fun. Did you? Were you a Firefly fan? Totally, man. From the beginning, I watched that when it was on TV. It's a crime that show got canceled, and I know. Yeah, and they showed everything it out that of went order into it originally, and it, yeah. was, it wasn't until. I was working at World of Video that they released like some DVD box set with it where it was in order. I think that was when that was when Serenity came out, which actually some yeah. some folks who have been listening may have seen at some point at the that um, painting that my friend Lou uh, did that used to hang behind me in the garage and in Durham, and I've had it for like fifteen years. But um, yeah, I loved Serenity, man. And I, I thought the movie was great. 
I think it's this movie be- was awesome. Yeah, it's it's different from the show. Yeah, but it 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 it, it had to be. I think. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's I think it's great. I do think that it maybe like some other things, Friday Night Lights has gotten like a bigger in people's minds than when you go back and watch it and you're like, yeah, this is really good. This is, yeah, I really like this, but it's not like I didn't, I, I will have to stomp a little on the fanboy inside me and say, I don't think it's totally amazing. It's not fully fleshed out. I know there was a lot of problems with production. And then when, you know, like I said, when they showed it, um, you know, I guess it was a, a, a Joss Whedon did that. Right. So there was, yeah. Uh, then he also did the, actually the show that I prefer, I have to be honest with you here solo. Cause we are on a podcast together. Otherwise I'd lie to you, but, Gosh. um, <laughs> Joss Whedon, what was the name? I always forget the name of the show he did with, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Dollhouse. Dollhouse. Yeah. yeah. Dollhouse. Oh, I mentioned it under my breath. I guess you didn't hear me. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I, okay. I, I, I apologize. I think, that, you know, you should, what? you know what? How dare you <laughs> not hear well, me? Even Firefly has 14 episodes. Dollhouse has 27. So it's definitely more fletched oh. out, but I enjoyed Dollhouse actually more. I thought that that was a crazy show. I should rewatch that. That got crazy in the, they really took the concept to places that kind of shocked me. Um, I should watch that show again. I, is that stream? I've seen the first episode or two. I remember liking it, but I just never continued with it. Yeah. And um, Elijah Dushku is really good at it. Oh, she's fantastic. I love her. Yeah. Um, in her prime. I don't know if she's done much recently. I don't what know. A good thing to look up. Because I love True Calling. Do you ever watch that show? Oh, uh, no, I never watched it. But and I Zach Galifianakis it. and Jason Priestley. I freaking loved that show. <laughs> I thought that show was awesome. I loved that show. But uh, but no, I, I, my favorite episode is Out of Gas, the Firefly. I thought that was one of the best episodes of television. Um, just really, really liked it. Who's calling me? Oh, my, my wife's calling me. Call live call from the wife. Live call. Live call. That's going to mean, that's going to mean solos got to wrap it up. (laughs) All right. Well, Hey, we've gone an hour. We talked about a bunch of stuff. We've had a fun time. We're going to wrap it up. We will be back sooner rather than later because today is Wednesday and tomorrow, my friends, the New York Jets are playing in a preseason game against the Browns and Zach Wilson is starting. So don't get too excited. <laughs> and a big game in CFL tomorrow. Winnipeg plays oh, BC. Oh, Winnie versus BB, BC. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers versus the, the BC, BC line. Lions. British Columbia Lions. Nice. I knew that. I like it, man. Even All though right. you're, you, you're a Saskatchewan fan. But. Yeah, I'm a Saskatchewan because I'm a rough rider. <laughs> Um, but uh yeah we'll be back uh on this feed and on the around the couch feed we're going to be covering all five episodes of hard knocks while we talk about preseason football um yeah exciting stuff happening and uh we'll be back check us out at dvrpodcast.com go become a patron at patreon.com slash dvr and solo, do you uh, have anything you want to say before we go? Oh, uh, no, I, I appreciate you roping me into a little reality TV roundup. Uh, it was good. I know you had to get it off your chest, but I'll do anything for you, Folo. And thank you for letting me talk about a lot of these things I've watched in the last week. It was it was like uh, just doing some binging, taking yeah. some time away. It was fun. Nice. So thanks again. Uh, it was a, it was a pleasure. Love me my daily DVR and uh, look forward to the next one, buddy. Yeah. We got to do more of these too, because when we're doing around the couch, which is going to take us through the whole football season, um, it is good. We got to, we got to 
get in these TV ones, man. Cause even now, like you, you did a good, uh, maybe next week we'll do, um, Folo. I'll, I'll come up with a list and, uh, all reality. All no, reality no, I'll be good. All the time. I'll be good, baby. I'll be good. There's some, uh, there's some shows that. Hey, let's next time. Let's on. talk about a little lioness. Oh, special ops. Okay. Wow. Our boy Taylor Sheridan. That second episode that. was brutal, man. Wow. That was oh pretty brutal. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You hadn't watched it yet. No. Oh I my watched god. The first, yeah. Yeah, that was. That was I like that show. I like it. That's good. And you know that's what? A good show. I, I just read what? today. It's getting supposedly it's getting great ratings. Whatever ratings mean for a streamer, but that brings more people in, and they go, "Oh, Mayor of Kingstown. Oh, Rabbit Hole." Yes. And then they go yes. to other podcasts and they go, oh, is there a rabbit? Oh, there's a mayor of Kingstown podcast. Let's listen to it because it's right, the only baby. one in the world. Um, That's yep. what I like. All right, cool. All right, go say hi to Lady Solo. I'm going to go say hi All to right. Lady Folo. Peace. Peace.